Knowledge is the key. CannabisRadio.com is here to keep you in the know on Just Say No. Did you know there are over 100 medical conditions that can benefit from cannabis therapy? Just Say No talks to patients who have used cannabis to treat their medical symptoms and create a better quality of life. Each week, we will tackle a chronic condition by talking to patients, doctors, and researchers with the goal to helping you live, learn, and thrive. Just say yes to Just Say No. Now here is your host, Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and welcome to Just Say No. Each week here on Just Say No, we evaluate, investigate, and give a thorough look at all the various diseases that we think cannabis therapy can help. Today on our show, I'm very excited. We'll be talking about digestion, something that's very close and near and dear to my heart. And specifically, we'll be talking about Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, and IBS. Our guests today are Dr. Rob Streisfeld and Gary Smith. Dr. Rob is the founder of Personal Health Design and has a background of digestive medicine. And Gary, who we'll bring on a little bit later, is using cannabis to control the pain from his Crohn's as well as nausea from chemo. So hello and thanks for joining us, guys. Doc, Rob, let's start with you. A little personal history myself. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis about two years ago. I lost 30 pounds. I was going to the bathroom, I don't know, 20 times a day. It was horrible. And it took me a long time to figure out what was going on. I probably did three different, oh, what do they call it when they stick the tube up your butt? (laughs) Scopes. We'll just call them scopes. (laughs) Okay, we'll just call them scopes. It was a very exciting time for me. But they finally tried to figure out whether it was Crohn's or ulcerative colitis. What can you tell us about these chronic conditions? What's actually going on in our guts with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis? Well, it's um, generally digestive disorders are similar to each other. It usually just manifests a little bit differently in different people. There are different factors that may contribute a little bit more towards one area and the other. But in general, we're just overburdened by stress. The stress that comes from external sources, money, work, family relationships, etc., alcohol use, processed foods, antibiotics, and then some. Which, And then also you have internal stress of the issues of digestion, of different hormone pathways, of different effects, and cumulatively, they end up weakening our digestive system. I'm a naturopathic doctor, and we usually have this mantra that starts in the gut. And if food goes in and food goes out, but what happens in between those two is very, very important for our health and our well-being. In general, I can explain how the stress affects you know, the gut health, but ulcerative colitis is typically specific to the colon, whereas Crohn's widespread throughout the, you know, the GI tract, whether you have IBS or ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or individual like uh, gastric ulcers or just constant bloating and cramping and constipation, they're all kind of looked, for me, looked upon almost the same way. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I'm 40 years old and, you know, this just kind of pops up. And as far as the doctors tell me, it's a chronic condition. This is never going away. There are varying degrees. It's going to flare up. I'm going to go into remission. It's going to flare up. What triggers this? I've heard that people get this in their youth, but you say it's a cumulative effect of stress and maybe what you've been eating your whole life. But is it a trigger that just turns it on and suddenly you have it from now on? No, and I don't agree with the most of the doctors who say it's a permanent or chronic condition. 
you know, when I was younger, I got on the journey because I had stomach issues and digestive issues. I had an ulcer in seventh grade, which is well, you know, earlier than most, I would say. And the doctor said, here, take this pill for your heartburn or your reflux. And I said, for how long? And they had no exit strategy because that's not the way that's not the way the medical system is built for the most part. They want you taking a drug to band-aid or treat that condition and then until it gets worse or changes and then you need a different pill to treat your new condition. It doesn't really resolve anything. I found that there are ways to cure, and I'll say that in a strong way because people don't like using that word, or sure. to at least control digestive issues like IBS and Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. With a varying different approaches, specifically stress management, adrenal support, gut support, changing your diet, reducing your stresses. And lately, you know, we find a lot more uses or people using cannabis effectively treating these conditions. Yeah, and we'll get into how cannabis actually affects the gut. So the difference between Crohn's and ulcerative colitis is that one is ulcerative colitis is where? Typically found in the colon. Okay. Colitis is an, anything. Itis is inflammation, and so colitis is, is a colon. But let me give you a quick summary of where this starts. Okay, so you have okay. stress. Whatever yeah. the stress is, let's say stress. Stress triggers the body to produce the stress hormone cortisol. All right, cortisol is produced by the adrenal glands. These little powerhouse battery packs that sit on top of our kidneys. They handle our flight and fright. They handle anxiety. They produce our adrenaline. They produce some hormones, sex hormones, etc. But when they produce cortisol, it's good in small amounts. But today we have chronic cortisol production, constant cortisol production. And a couple things happen. Number one is when cortisol goes up, insulin goes up, and then blood sugar goes down. So now you're craving a lot of sweets and sugary foods and things that are going to continuously upset this flora, good bacteria, bad bacteria, yeast, this little world in our gut. So adding more sugar and processed foods because we're craving sweets because our stress hormone was produced doesn't resolve anything. It only makes it worse. But what they found is that with elevated cortisol and chronic cortisol elevation, you get a thinning of the digestive tract. So your actual mucus in the lining thins out. It also shuts down the secretory IgA. So basically there's a glands that produce this mucus or phlegm, I guess you would say, that protects the inner lining of the gut. So now you've got thinned out gut with no mucus protecting, and you're still under stress, you're still putting in these toxic foods, you're still drinking maybe alcohol, or you're still just, you know, wearing down the digestive system, and now you have inflammation. And now you have, no matter where it is, it's still just inflammation in the body, and the body is now weakened because of chronic stress. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And so why does it keep going? What can we do to reduce that inflammation? Is that, is that kind of the traditional therapy is reduce the inflammation in the gut and then it will repair itself? Well, they think that by slowing down inflammation, that's going to help. But the reality is if you reduce inflammation, you're only putting a Band-Aid on it. You're not really addressing why it keeps happening, which is stress, cortisol production, digestive issues as far as diet. So someone say, oh, just take this pill and eat whatever you want. Well, that doesn't work. So yeah. We have to address where are some of the stressors coming from. And you can't, in reality, in life, resolve all stress. It doesn't work that way. But it's like damage control. The more you can manage your stress response, the more you can support those adrenal glands, and the more you can support good gut health and good bacteria, the body has this amazing ability to heal itself. But it does take a while. You know, people got colitis or Crohn's. It didn't happen overnight, whether or not you became aware of it overnight. It didn't occur overnight. And it does take a while 
and does take some work. I mean, it's not easy. And you know, I wish it was a quick. Here's your pill and here's your fix. But it does take some work. But you can resolve from the discomfort, from the rapid, you know, the bowel movement issues, from pain, and you can give the body a chance to heal. Yeah, I know that I was prescribed prednisone. Is that how you yeah. say that? It's a it's a steroid, and it seemed to clear it up within a couple days. But it also resulted in hair loss. I gained a whole bunch of weight. What does that drug actually do? Yeah, it just slows down the inflammation for a little bit, but okay. it doesn't really address the problem. So they want so many people get stuck on prednisone over and over and over again, and it yeah. actually weakens the adrenal glands. It affects how those adrenal glands function. And they've actually showed that prednisone could contribute to more ulcers and more issues. So, you know, that again, it's a band-aid approach until they can give you something else. When that stops working, they'll try something else. But you know, people have muscle weakness, yeah. muscle mass, a big issue with osteoporosis and other things. I mean, people can have vertigo and convulsions. So there's a lot of side effects that come from using steroids like prednisone when there's a lot of natural anti-inflammatory things like ginger and turmeric cannabis, which we'll get to next segment, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So many more things that are being used. Uh, a lot of people use enzymes, digestive enzymes, and right. probiotic enzymes to and help. Yogurt enzymes. and Yeah, those are bac- yeah, good bacteria, good probiotics, glutamine. There's a lot of good ways you know, to heal the gut. One of the biggest things is getting some of those foods in our body that are causing stress, that are hard for us to digest, out. So that's where people really have the biggest challenge is taking away some of the comfort foods and familiar yeah. food diet. But when yeah. they start feeling better, it's worth it. You know, when they feel better and the gut works better, they, they, their mood is better, their energy is better, and it's worth the effort for sure. Gotcha. Okay, Rob, we need to take a break. But when we come back, I want to get into a little bit about why marijuana isn't prescribed and how marijuana actually affects the digestive system. We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Just Say No, spelled K-N-O-W. 
is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Just Say No. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com. We've been discussing the digestive system with Doc Rob. Dr. Rob, so when I was diagnosed with this, marijuana never came up. You know, I go to Kaiser and I asked my doctor about marijuana and they just kind of brushed it off. I wouldn't say they completely dismissed it. They just acted like it wasn't something that was within their view. How does the medical establishment understand medications like marijuana and why don't they talk to their patients about it? Well, you just answered your own question. They don't understand. They are trained in a mindset of find a symptom and treat it with a specific pharmaceutical. They don't really understand that plants have power pretty much as strong or stronger than even some medications. And reality is there's a comprehensive approach to healing, not a quick magic bullet. So with cannabis, most of it has been brainwashed for the last you know, 70, 80 years that this was a horrible thing. It says it has no medical benefit and it's highly addictive, where cocaine and methamphetamines and things like that are scheduled too. So you think that cannabis, this plant with really no side effects or very little side effects, has such a high safety record, but they were told that this is bad stuff. So we have to break that mold. However, pharma is very afraid of this plant because this one simple plant that people can grow in their own yard can replace yeah. a plethora of pharmaceuticals. And the business of pharmaceuticals is to keep selling more drugs. So they're, they don't want to train their doctors. They don't want their doctors learning about these alternatives. We just did a, uh, through a nonprofit, My Compassion, a Chicago cannabis conference with great doctors that were educating with CME credits and, and lawyers talking about the legality of being a doctor and practicing. We yeah. called every hospital and every doctor's organization in Chicago and the surrounding area and almost zero came. <laughs> okay. Okay. This gets into a point. So, are doctors evil? Is the organization evil? Like, why don't doctors talk about this? I know there's a lack of research, and so they can't cite research. But why wouldn't they want to research this? Why wouldn't they want to give this solution to their patients? Well, first of all, for the most part, the federal government made it impossible for them to do more research. So on one hand, the federal government says, we need more research in order to prove that it's safe and has medical value, but we're not allowing you to do any research to figure that out. So it's a nice way to keep your, your, your box. <laughs> but you know, most of the, the, the major medical universities and hospitals are funded by pharma. So they're afraid to lose their funding. They're afraid to lose their ability to work with banking and federal governments by involving themselves with this plant, this right. safe plant. So it's really a, a hard issue. But the rules are slowly changing. Uh, people are waking up. There's a ton of research out there. And a lot of these countries – Ireland is talking about decriminalizing. Italy's changed their laws. Uruguay is legal. I mean, around the world, it's starting to – the walls of, of false information around cannabis is coming down. And more and more doctors are starting to you know, pick up a book and read about it, even if it's not publicly. They're starting to become aware that – what pisses me off or part of the expression upsets me was that they didn't have to come this to This is off as fine. <laughs> just saying. I, I'm trying to be quiet. But I but, – <laughs> They they come to this conference or they don't come to this conference not because we're telling them to recommend it or prescribe it, but they should be forthright in being a doctor that when a patient comes in saying, I am using this or I plan to use this or I want to use this, they should at least be educated and familiar with it, not dismiss it arbitrarily because they're ignorant. And that's what's happening right now is they're just saying, I don't know anything about it. I don't think, you know, it's told that we can't use it, so stay away from it. And they'll say, oh, it's not FDA approved or all this stuff. Right. We can show them dozens of drugs 
that were FDA approved that killed thousands upon thousands of people and they recant right. later on. So it, it's, it's a tough battle, but we are making progress. I want to keep it on the positive. We are making headway. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, cannabinoids. There's some things I don't understand. I, I know that there are cannabinoid receptors in the brain that cannabis can help and, and activate. And I don't, I don't understand what cannabis would do for the digestive system. First, can you tell us what a cannabinoid receptor is? Okay, so at this point, Dr. Raphael Mashulin from Israel identified THC, which is one cannabinoid, and the cannabinoid receptor systems, the endocannabinoid system. So in a real quick summary, we have over 500 compounds in this plant, over 100 or so identified cannabinoids, but only really two or three have been discussed, THC and yeah. CBD, cannabidiol. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what reality is, is though our bodies have this whole system and these receptors, and they've found that so many things like dark green leafy vegetables, meditation and yoga, echinacea and other plants, hops, extracts, they all have a relationship or an effect on this endocannabinoid system. So it's not just cannabis. Almost everything that we think of as healthy somehow now plays in with this endocannabinoid system. Well, to simplify it, they've identified two receptors for the most part, CB1 and CB2. I look at CB1 as a gas and CB2 as the break. CB1 as your sympathetic stimulator and your CB2 is your parasympathetic governor. So THC has been the one we've talked about for years because yeah. it was gets you uh, psychoactive or high, euphoric, which is not always a bad thing. Uh, there are applications medically where that could be a benefit. So THC has been the featured, and that's very CB1, very go, 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 sympathetic. But in our world today, we're so stressed and so go, go, go already, we don't really need as much of that. So what we've been finding the last couple of years and the conversation when this has all become very public is CBD mm-hmm. really triggers that CB2 receptor or works along the CB2 response. So it slows things down. It's calming down, anti-anxiety. It actually helps. And and then digestion, just so you know, digestion is governed by the parasympathetic system. So it makes sense that CBD would help rebalance and tonify the digestive system. Now, you have these major receptor sites in the brain and major receptor sites in the gut. The gut ones are really what helps governs digestion and communicates with this flora or this good bacteria that's in your gut. So it has this kind of relationship to make sure that the environment in your gut is working optimally. When you destroy the bacteria or you don't respond to the receptors as well or they get blocked or they get interfered with, you start having digestive issues. I see. So I I found that the CBD actually helps control when I need to go. It doesn't really relieve all my symptoms or I don't seem to be in complete remission. But it does seem to help control the amount of times I need to go. Is that, is that what you're talking about, this parasympathetic? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. You said it better than me. Sure. That parasympathetic <laughs> governs digestion. Okay. So there's a lot of factors that improve digestion. Like I prefer eating in the morning and the evening and not much in the middle of the day. Why? Because okay. in the morning and the evening is when parasympathetic is dominant. That's when you're supposed to be digesting, when your body is ready to do that. In the middle of the day – and the middle of the night is sympathetic. It's when the body is using metabolism and healing, repairing, and using energy for other things than digestion. The other thing about I just want to make a quick comment is CBD and THC and all these cannabinoids are also found in a raw state, in an acid state. We call it CBDA or THCA. And that's when you have the raw plant. And when you have the raw plant, before it gets heated, 
then it, when it gets heated, it gets converted. But I found a lot of people getting great results getting the CBDA, the raw and the THCA, which, by the yeah. way, doesn't have the get high properties. Right, right. Just take that raw plant, like they're juicing the, the leaves and the buds of the plant without heating it. It gets them all these benefits. It's, I'm getting great reports on Crohn's and IBS mm. and also clients using just juicing the raw plant, and no one's getting high. And they're could, getting you do, of- could you do that with extracts as well? Is that the same thing as the raw plant, or is that different? Extracts are usually heated or processed to a degree. Mm. If you can get a raw extract that's non-heated, which they do have those, which look for CBDA, I okay. recommend this a lot. I get a lot of great response with that with the ulcerative colitis and the, and, the, and the gut health issues. Just like I use a lot of digestive enzymes, it's just bringing those good enzymes to the body. And enzymes are catalysts to every reaction, so it's designed to help you heal and repair the body. That's great. That's just great information. I think, you know, for me and for everybody who's listening, I really appreciate it. Uh, Let's take a break. When we'll come back, we'll bring in Gary Smith, who is going to talk a little bit about his Crohn's and how cannabis therapy has helped him. We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. (laughs) (laughs) Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Just Say No, spelled K-N-O-W-O is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and we've been talking to Doc Rob about digestion and marijuana therapy. I'd like to bring in Gary Smith, who uses marijuana therapy to help control his Crohn's and nausea from chemo. 
Hello, Gary. Hi, Ryan, Dr. Rob. <laughs> when did you first learn that you had Crohn's? Back in 2004. It took about nine months for them to actually diagnose it correctly. Uh, yeah. I was misdiagnosed, and uh, I'm sure you went through some of that with your uh, condition as well. I'm um, familiar, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's been about 11 years. Tell me what a day in the life of someone living with Crohn's is like. Prior to being properly medicated and diet, Crohn's was basically huddling near the toilet most of the day and most of the night. Pain, nausea, you know the drill. I do. And what, what medications were you on to try and help control it? Was it the steroids and anti-inflammatory medications? Yeah, once I finally diagnosed it, I was put on steroids and Pentasa, which is the starter drug, Dr. Rob can probably tell you, for Crohn's. And it worked well, you know, and, and as I understand, it works uh, great for most people for a long time. But I have the chronic thing that just didn't go, go along with the Pentasa for a long period of time. And so I had to go to uh, chemo. And my doctor and I have talked about, I forget the class of drugs, but Humira and like that. And Yeah, uh, yeah. The thing is, yeah, the thing is, with the, with the Crohn's, my immune system has already been lowered enough, and to go on Humira would just do it more. And I work in a school where I'm uh, uh, around kids all day. So, um, sick kids uh, all day, yeah. But yeah, before drugs, it was it was horrible. With, without what I've come to uh, do in my diet and my medications, I would not be able to be leading a normal life of teaching and doing my summer jobs as well. Gotcha. And when did you find out about marijuana as potential therapy? Well, my ears were always pricked up for it because, yeah. of course, you know, I experimented in college, you know, had my own yeah. little lab. No. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, so whenever I heard whatever year it was that the first state decided to adopt medical marijuana is when I first heard about it and kept abreast of the list of diseases, uh, ailments that they were using it for and worked hard to get Crohn's yeah. so that I could be on. No, uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just followed it. So whenever that was, yeah. So what does it actually do to help your symptoms? People ask me what it does for me and I, I can never tell. Is it my diet? Is it that I'm taking CBD? Something's working, you know. What does it do for you? I agree with Dr. Rob's comment earlier that it's a confluence of all of these different things. You, you know, the diet, the, the medication, the stress level. I was working in a high-stress Big Brother credit card company for years, and, you know, lots of folks in that company actually had Crohn's. But, you know, I've, I've changed. I'm, I've changed my job. I've changed my diet. You know, no more raw vegetables, and I miss salads yeah. terribly, but it's something that I have to do, you know. Uh, the thing is, with prior to my diagnosis, when I was given drugs for pain and nausea, it was the Vicodins, the Tylenol 3s, the, you know, the things that actually did more to upset and, and exacerbate my condition than it helped. So getting off all of those and being able to control the nausea and the pain with the, the marijuana is, is awesome. Well, let me ask you this. What do you take? How much do you take? How do you take it? My favorite is the Chocolope. That is the, the highest sativa that I can buy at my dispensary. It's 95 sativa, 5% indica. Mm -hmm. And I need that. I need to focus. I have uh, work to do. Of course, I have my list every day with chemo brain, yeah. as the doc probably understands. But being focused with the, the sativa brand, I can do that. If I go too much indica, then I'm just a loaf on the couch. Oh, I see. So 
<laughs> what is what is cancer brain? Or what did you say? Chemo brain. I'm uh, sorry. Chemo brain. It's uh, the effects of chemo on the system. I don't know the exact. I'm sure Dr. Rob could explain it better than I can. But it affects your short-term memory as well as your short-term memory. <laughs> that yeah, was a joke. It, it just clouds okay. you out with toxins, so your body doesn't. Yeah, I got it. I got it. That's okay. I'm also doing some stand-up comedian uh, comedy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, how much? But, but am I correct in that, Doctor Rob? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the only comment I would make in regards to gut health is that I recommend patients using a vaporizer or other delivery systems versus smoking. Sometimes the actual effect of smoking can be stressful on the mucus linings of the lungs and the throat, and as a result, you may have a cortisol kick. Uh, that you really don't need to have happen because of the smoking aspect. So if you can either using water pipes or anything to cool it down and reduce the inflammation potential on your upper you know, respiratory system may enhance your healing ability and recovery ability further. But you're right on point with the sativa and the high THC versus the indica. But I do like the idea of using more of the indicas and CBD heavy products in the evenings to help you rest and sleep and repair as well. Sure, sure. And, I'm, and again, I agree completely with you. As far as, uh, okay, here's one of those moments. I forgot what we were just talking about. <laughs> the delivery system plays a role. Right, right. I guess, uh, well, I don't know. We'll let that pass. Oh, oh, I know. It was about the smoking. Yes, I'm. I, you're spot yeah. on about that, too. I, I absolutely, uh, and I know I'm doing it the wrong way. My problem is I've not found a vaporizer yet. I am saving my pennies up for the, what I understand is the Cadillac of vapes, the, uh, the PAX system. But everyone I've tried, you either have to hold a battery in or you have to wait seven minutes for it to heat up. And I, mm. I just not gotten the, you know, immediate satisfaction I need through a vape system yet, but I'm working on it. No, and I understand that. That's why using water pipes and other things for the temporary uses are also advisable. But you're doing a good job just getting sure. medicine in the system. It helps, I'm sure. This sure. is great. Uh, well, you know, we're out of time. I wanted to thank both of you for joining us. This has been a great episode of Just Say No. I'd like to thank you, Doc Rob and Gary Smith and our producers for making this show possible. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show through iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google Plus for more information about our guests and to read more about the patients using marijuana to control their symptoms. Please go to MJWellness.com. Doc Rob, you can find him on Twitter, Doc Rob, Facebook, slash Doc Rob. You can go to www.docrob.com. And he also has a podcast on the Cannabis Radio Network called Concierge for Better Living. So make sure to check all that out. Uh, and join us next week. We're very excited. We'll be tackling Tourette syndrome and we'll be talking to a patient and a neurologist about how cannabis can help. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.